Open your Bible to Psalm 23. And once you have found it, let's bow for prayer. Father, uh, we gather tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus, thankful for the opportunity to gather uh, together freely. Uh, thank you that we have people who love your word and love, love you. And here we are expecting a blessing from you tonight. And I would pray that you will minister to us and um, help us to appreciate the wonderful words that are before us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read, and I'm reading from the New International Version, and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is uh, one of the most common passages in Scripture. It is often the very first passage that we memorize as children. The Lord is my shepherd. And very frequently, it is the last passage that is whispered as people face death and are moving to the other side. It has been called the Pearl of the Psalter. Now, you know the, the Scottish people call it the, the Psalter. And um, we have John over here from Scotland. And um, so it is the pearl of the Psalter. It is the gem of the Psalms. As we look at this, verse, this psalm, it's almost difficult for a pastor to speak on it because everyone's familiar with it. And uh, people wonder, what are you going to get out of it? It is so often read at a funeral and at times of uh, sorrow. And yet, as I think about the psalm, I think that there are very few people who understand all that is involved in the psalm. What does it mean, your rod and your staff, they comfort me? What does it mean, you ta prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? What does all of that mean? And over the next few weeks, um, I want to do a bit of an exposition of this wonderful passage of, of the Psalms for the next six or seven weeks. Of course, next Wednesday night, we have our annual meeting, and so there will be no Bible study uh, next Wednesday night. As we come to the scripture, we find there are many names for God. 
Uh, for example, you have Elohim. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The word there is Elohim, and it is the most common word for God. And then when you move to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, you have Jehovah. Uh, there in the book of Exodus, Moses said, Who am I going to say is sending me? And God said, I am that I am the eternal existence one. And the name Jehovah was a name that was so revered by the Jews that they would not write it out. And that if they did write a, a passage in the scriptures when they were copying scriptures, they wrote it with a new pen and then destroyed the pen because the name was so important. And then you have the word El Shaddai, the sufficient and satisfying one. And then uh, you move on to Adonai Jehovah. And the word Adonai is Lord. And so you have Lord God, and that's uh, exactly the translation. Lord God, Adonai Jehovah, our sovereign Lord and Master. And that's what he ought to be to each of our lives. And then you come to the name Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And he provides the sacrificial lamb in order that we may have the forgiveness of sin and redemption. And that is in Genesis twenty-two twenty-four. And then you have Jehovah Rapha. And that simply means that our God is the healer of sicknesses and sorrows. And that is found in Exodus chapter fifteen twenty-six. And then another name for God is Jehovah Nisi, the one who leads us to victory. Literally, it means the Lord, our banner. He is the one where... Onward, Christian soldiers, and the banner is waving. Je Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, Exodus 17, 8 to 15. And then you have Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, or the one who gives us peace. And you have that in Judges 6, 23 and 24. And then you have the title Jehovah Shammah, and that means the Lord who is there. And that you find in Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse 34. And now we come to the title Jehovah Ramah. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Now, all scripture indicates that David wrote the Psalm 23. He did write most of the Psalms, and there's no disputing the fact that he wrote the 23rd Psalm. And you recall that David was simply a, a teenager when he went out to keep his father's sheep. And you remember many of his exploits in protecting the sheep from the, uh, the animals of prey that came around. And so he was a strong young man. But you can see David laying out there under the starry skies and looking up and seeing all of the stars. 
And he looks at the, the sun and the moon and the stars which God has created, and he cries out, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit us. And he speaks out of a well of deep conviction about a God who made everything, those stars and the sun and the moon. What is man that you are mindful of him? But when we come to John chapter 10, we have there the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rama. And you have several passages about the good shepherd in John chapter 10. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And you are aware that there are three titles. He is the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. He is the great shepherd who takes care of his sheep. And he is the chief shepherd who will one day come to receive his own. Now, in the Old Testament, there are five specific shepherds that are mentioned, and I find this rather fascinating. Uh, the first person is Abel, back in the early chapters of Genesis, and the scripture says he was a keeper of sheep. That was his living. That was how he um, occupied his time. And Abel represents for us, in typology, the death of the shepherd, because you know that he was killed by his brother. And then the second shepherd that is talked about in the Old Testament is Jacob. And Jacob represents the care of the sheep. And you remember that when he fled to Laban, uh, his uncle, that uh, he went and Laban gave him all of the sheep to care for, and he was very successful in rearing the sheep. And so he cared for the sheep. And certainly our Lord cares for us, his sheep. And then you have Joseph talked about as a shepherd. And Joseph represents feeding the sheep. And as you look at Genesis chapter 37, we find that he was speaking of nourishment, the feeding of the flock. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the next one that is talked about is Moses. And you have him in Exodus chapter 2, where he watered and protected and guided the sheep. And, of course, um, he led and protected and nourished the people of Israel for 40 years. And, in a sense, he was the shepherd of the entire camp of Israel. And then, of course, you have David. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, you find the story of how David jeopardized his very life for the care of his sheep. And then there's a rather interesting phrase that you find in, uh, in Zechariah chapter 11, verse 17, and he is called the idle shepherd. 
I-D-O-L, not I-D-L-E, the idle shepherd. And the idle shepherd is number six in this group of shepherds that I'm talking about in the Old Testament. And in numerology, six is the number of man. And so you have the idle shepherd who is a picture, a type, of the Antichrist who is yet to come, where the world goes after him and idolizes him, <coughs> excuse me, and will obey everything that he has to say. And he uh, is a type of the Antichrist who will capture the attention of the world and uh, in the days yet to come. And then we come to the seventh one. And seven is the number of completion and the number of God. And that, of course, is the Lord Jesus. And in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so we never want to forget that Jesus Christ pictures himself as the shepherd over the sheep. I'm told that when D.L. Moody was preaching in Scotland many years ago, they had spent the day on the train, and he and Ira Sankey, his music minister, and Ira Sankey was scribbling some words on the back of an envelope. And um, thank you, David, you're, you're a rescuer. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. And as uh, Moody preached that night in a mission in Scotland, um, he turned to Sankey and he said, sing something. And Sankey picked out this envelope on which he had been scribbling some words and sat down at the organ and began to sing. And the song he sang is, There Were Ninety and Nine That Safely Lay in the Shelter of the Fold. But one was out and the hills away, far off from the gates of gold. Away on the mountain, wild and bare. Away from the tender shepherd's care. Away from the tender shepherd's care. Lord, thou hast here thy ninety and nine. Are they not enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer, This of mine has wandered away from me. And all, although the road be rough and steep, I go to the desert to find my sheep. I go to the desert to find my sheep. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark was the night that the Lord passed through ere he found the sheep that was lost. 
Out in the desert he heard its cry, sick and helpless and ready to die, sick and helpless and ready to die. Lord, whence are these blood drops all the way that mark out the mountain track? They were shed for one who had gone astray, ere the shepherd could bring him back. Lord, whence are these hands so rent and torn? They're pierced tonight by many a storm, by many a thorn. They're pierced tonight by many a thorn. But all through the mountains, thunder-riven, and up from the rocky steep, there arose a glad cry to the gates of heaven. Rejoice, I have found my sheep. And the angels echoed around the throne. Rejoice, for the Lord brings back his own. Rejoice, for the Lord brings back his own. And that's a picture of you and me. Where the Lord reached down and sought us and brought us to himself. And we are the sheep of his pasture. And he tenderly watches the sheep. I want you to look at uh, John chapter 10. And there are three signs, three in unmistakable signs that a person belongs to the Lord and is a shepherd of the flock. John chapter 10 it's, a, it's one of the great chapters of the New Testament. And I want you to look at uh, verse 11 first. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Then you come to verse 14. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. But I want you to drop down and look particularly at verse 27. And verse 27 says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And there you have the indication of the triune God involved in the saving of the sheep, in the redemption, in the plan of redemption. But I want you to notice that he says, My sheep hear my voice. There is the first indelible sign that you are a part of the flock. So let me ask you, do you hear his voice? 
And that means that you go to a place where the word of God is taught and you hear there the voice of God. It means that you spend time in private devotion and you are seeking the Lord. One of the marks of a person who is truly a member of the flock of God is that that person hears the voice of the Lord. I, I often pray for people that the Lord will give people a hunger for the word of God because that is a mark of one who is truly born again. Then not only do, does he say, my sheep hear my voice, are you listening for his voice? Would you recognize it if you heard it? But the next thing that Jesus said is, and I know them. Now we can say, I know him, but it's much more heavy to him to say, I know them. Does he know that you belong to Christ? Does he know that you are a sheep of the flock? I know them, he says. And the third in unmistakable sign that you are a part of the flock is, he said, and they follow me. Now, there are the three things. My sheep hear my voice. Are you listening for the voice of God? Secondly, I know them. Are you certain that the Lord knows you by name? And then, they follow me. There are some people who claim to be saved because of a prayer they prayed a long time ago, but there is no evidence in their daily lives that they really belong to the Lord. And he says, my sheep follow me. Are you following the Lord? Can you really say the Lord is my shepherd and I am following him? And so you have three unmistakable signs that you are part of the flock of God. Then think of the security that that gives you. I give to them, my sheep, eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And my Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. That's one of the greatest texts in the Bible. Do you know that you have eternal life? And that you will never perish. You know, often children, when they're memorizing Scripture, uh, don't get it quite right. And there was a little girl, I'm told, in Sunday school who was supposed to memorize a part of the 23rd Psalm. And when she came to recite it, this was how she recited it. The Lord is my shepherd, why should I worry? And that's not really bad, you know. The Lord is my shepherd. Why should I worry? He 
gives us green pastures beneath us. He gives us still waters beside us. He gives us goodness and mercy behind us. He gives us a table before us. And he gives us the house of the Lord beyond us. The Lord is my shepherd. Why should I worry? And when you think of that, that's really a marvelous statement. Dr. Robertson McQuilton was the president of Columbia Christian University a number of years back. And uh, he did an exposition on Psalm 37. And I want to read you the first verse of Psalm 37. And it goes like this. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do not fret because of evil men. And Dr. McQuilton asked the question, who is fretting you? What is fretting you? Do not fret. There's a command of the scripture. Do not fret because we have the Lord as our shepherd, our protector, our guide, even beyond death in the house of the Lord forever. Well, that's a bit of an introduction to the 23rd Psalm. We'll pick it up two weeks from tonight and begin to work through the verses and some of the implications that we pick up in those verses. When I was a boy, we kept sheep on the farm. And I know something about the the way sheep act. I know how stubborn and wayward they can be. I know how they follow one another even to their death. Uh, if somebody goes through a hole in the fence, they all go through a hole in the fence. They can be very dumb and obstinate. And maybe that's why the Lord has chosen to use us uh, as an example, use them as an example of what we are. We're the sheep of his pasture, and we want to be followers of him, and we want to hear his voice so that one day we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful, great passage of Scripture. And I pray that you will give us an appetite to delve deeply into it and to hear it and to allow it to change our lives. There is so much in it that will, will help us and so minister to us through this wonderful psalm. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.